Hey there, and welcome back to Scopophilia. We are the millennial movie movement, and I, of course, am your host, Becky Teller, back at it, and we are at the end of season three, which is impossible for me to really wrap my head around, but here we are. Um, We've had three incredible seasons of amazing people, amazing friends, and amazing strangers who I now consider friends. So all around, I'm having a great time. I hope you guys are too. And today is no different because for our season finale, we are touching base on, I think, a lot of things, especially from the last few weeks of episodes that we have been kind of dancing around. And that is because we have Heidi Zumbrin on the show, photographer, motorcycle enthusiast, all of those good things. And she has chosen the film The World's Fastest Indian, which is based on a true story about a motorcycle enthusiast trying to break the land speed record. Now, why is this film encompassing everything that we're looking for right now? Um, well, one, it's extremely hopeful. Uh, two, it encourages you to continue, you know, whatever dream that you are chasing to continue doing that. Um, three, it's based on a true story, uh, which is amazing. And four, Heidi is a delight. So we <laughs> just had a genuinely good time talking about this movie together. And then additionally, you know, the movie's great. Heidi is great. Um, just everything about this interview was so great and wonderful. And this just felt so right to not only cap off season three, um, but also kind of get us ready for the holiday season. I think, you know, especially the fact that the last, you know, this week and last week have both been films based on true stories. I think that's very uplifting and hopeful. And I think the the fact that we're ending with this movie feels kind of right of, you know, continuing to chase your dreams and all that stuff. Plus, Anthony Hopkins is the lead. I love Anthony Hopkins so much. So, so much. So, without further ado, my interview with Heidi Zumbrin about her favorite film, The World's Fastest Indian. Enjoy! Scopophilia is the newest thing to hit the market. Defined as deriving aesthetic pleasure from looking at something, it's the new craze sweeping the nation. Taken in large doses, side effects can include an addictive nature to have more film content. If this increase occurs, consult no one and keep listening. there, Scopophiliacs, and welcome back to another episode of Scopophilia, the podcast. And I'm so excited to have on Heidi Zumbrin on the show. First and foremost, hi, how are you? How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm doing good considering um, the weird world we're in right now, but um, it's really nice to meet you and I'm honored to be on the show. Well, I'm so excited to have you and I'm so excited to chat about this movie with you because one, I I hadn't seen it before, but even before we get into that, you know, for people who aren't necessarily familiar with your name, 
tell us a little bit about what you do. Um, you know, I've seen a little bit of your work already, but I'd love to hear, you know, how you perceive what you do. Well, first off, I'm I'm very happy to hear you got to see the movie through this interview because it's, <laughs> it's such a great movie. Um, and I am a photographer, and I am also a motorcyclist and surfer, adventurer, storyteller. I guess would be the best uh, way to say it I, um, from a documentary perspective. Um, and I have been doing this for a really long time, and a lot of my work is I you know, it's, it's hard to give it an actual tag, you know, but I'd say, um, documentary adventure lifestyle photography. So motorcycle based, surf based, anything adventure. Um, so this film just, I mean, seeing this film probably has a lot to do with where I'm at right now with my career even. So amazing. Had a lot of influence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Well, and I was going to actually ask you that as well. Cause so the film that we're talking about is the world's fastest Indian 2005 uh, 2006, somewhere along there and stunning. And it has so many beautiful, you know, motorcycle shots, desert shots, salt flats shots. And, you know, even looking at some of your work, I kind of caught that vibe as well. Like, so do you think that this film kind of influenced a lot of that or? Definitely. Definitely. I, and even the fun thing about this interview or this talk is just, um, it gave me a chance to go back and watch the movie again and remember and realize I think it had a whole lot of, even more impact on me and influence on me than I had previously thought. Um, I was living in Northern California when I first saw this. And to me, Bonneville Salt Flats was something like a fantasy, you know, nothing to be achieved even as a, you know, as a spectator. I never thought I would go there. I never thought I'd have an opportunity. I didn't, it just wasn't in my realm. I just saw it as, um, you know, kind of the same way Bert saw it through his eyes. It's just like, you know, that was just a goal, a goal, a goal. You got to get there. And I just wanted to see it firsthand and to watch him achieve that in the way that he did. It's just, it's, you know, it's just a great story to me just to, it's just coming from the position that he's coming from where it's not even, the goal wasn't to win anything necessarily. It was just to see how fast he could go and to just do something big. And to me, learning about the salt flats through this movie, I can't think of something bigger, you know, here in the United States that I that has that um, that magic quality to it. And that, that, you know, it's not like the Olympics are done there. I mean, this is a very <laughs> specific group yeah. of people and, and like-minded people that spend years and years and years like he spent 43 years working on that bike to get there you know that is just to me at the time when I'd watched this movie that was unheard of I didn't understand that and to learn and to watch somebody be that focused and the reward to be so big for him and had nothing to do with the trophy you know it's just this inner um guide you know inner obsession and now recently since I've moved to Southern California I have been there, I mean, during COVID, which is weirdly <laughs> the first time I went, <laughs> but I started shooting out at El Mirage, which is a, a similar um, speed week type of thing, speed trials, time trials um, on a lake bed instead of salt flats. And, you know, ends up weirdly full circle that my friends race there and run there. And I've gone there quite a bit to photograph and it's gotten into me. This movie has gotten under my skin for sure. 
Bonneville and El Mirage and just that uh, that type of racing or, you know, uh, racing for speed, you know, and time trials and just that lifestyle is very fascinating to me. So, yeah, so I don't know, I'm probably giving too much information, probably no. talking in a circle. But <laughs> it's just, and there's so many things about the film that had an effect on me. It's hard to hard to narrow it down, but it is um, uh, my life. Uh, it's definitely affected my life. Well, I love that. And I mean, that's why we're here is to unpack all of that and have a good time. So I'm <laughs> well, I so I just unpacked it a lot. Quickly, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Well, listen, I mean, we're going through it. It's going to be fun. Yeah. And, and I'm already really excited to talk to you about this because I didn't realize that you were involved in like the motorcycle scene. And so that kind of adds a whole different layer that I'm probably not experiencing as somebody who doesn't, who isn't involved in that kind of culture. So, I mean, even before we get into all of that, you know, what would you say is kind of like the shortest synopsis for someone who hasn't, you know, possibly hasn't seen this film? I would say it's a movie about, um, you know, the guy in the background, <laughs> you know, the, not the guy in the forefront, not the guy trying to get a lot of attention, but the guy tinkering, the old guy tinkering in his garage somewhere, which I assume there's so many hundreds of people out there that we don't know of that are doing this on the daily, um, just for a desire to see what happens, you know, from the film, he just, he, you know, he said, why are you doing that? And, you know, it's just basically, he just wants to see, um, you know, for him, it's the reward is just doing it, right? That's yeah. the reward. Um, so it's watching somebody achieve their goals and and achieve their dream by just chugging away at it and working hard and coming up instead of going out and buying the best tool or the best part, he's you know figuring out a way to make it and then cro- crossing this overseas to get to the United States to see this fan- fantastical place that he's heard of. He doesn't even know anything about the rules and regulations. He's going in there blind but he just has his own dream. And I just find that, you know, that's just my favorite part of it and that he achieves it. Absolutely. Well, um, it was so, like I said, it's my first time watching it. So I was watching it yesterday and it it is funny because I think going into films like this, you, you go in with the kind of understanding he has to do it, right? Like he has to achieve it in the end right but throughout this yeah. whole film i kept questioning myself like is he going to make it there on time is he going to run yeah. into that one person who like puts a huge wrench in the plan are they going to let him run at all like <laughs> the whole time i was just doubting whether or not he was going to do it so i was so excited by the end when he does make it it was really great yeah exactly <laughs> and well and i love that as i was watching it again i realized you know it's three quarters of the way through the film we're close to it before he even gets to the part about racing right you know, he gets to the race or the time trial so getting to speed week was the biggest part and he hit every you know every wall along the way and for me the interesting part was watching how he dealt with each challenge and coming from this very um, naive perspective for a lot of things, you know, the tough life in Hollywood, showing up in, in L.A., not knowing the rules. Not, he didn't know the rules anywhere he went. Right. You know? <laughs> from getting to the United States to, you know, going by the rules and regulations of Speed Week. Anything. Um, and just by, go, uh, you know, addressing each of these problems wide-eyed 
and just excited and with a smile on his face. It just shows you again that it's all in our perspective. You know, it's all in how you're going to perceive these challenges and how you deal with them is how it's going to, you know, unravel the end result. And the end result for him, even though he hit every single challenge, was a good end result. And it's kind of a life, you know, big life lesson, I think. This Absolutely. And I mean, it's so, it's really heartwarming, like even from the beginning that when people say that like he can't do something or he hits that block, you it really kind of hits you a little extra hard because he has that wide-eyed, just happy to be here attitude. Yeah. And then the fact well, that- I think also, I, sorry to interrupt, I just yeah, think yeah. with Anthony Hopkins too, just to see him showing this vulnerability of age, I mean, this is an older man, 60 something. And, it, you know, this is, he's getting challenged by this, young, you know, the young, badass, new motorcycle <laughs> gang, you know, who ends up helping him in the end. You know, it's just, instead of reacting to the challenges and responding in a negative way, each time he responded in a positive way, it came back positive. And Absolutely. to see somebody show them, I, just as a film, just see, and, and especially Anthony Hopkins, just seeing him so vulnerable and showing, you know, the aches and the pains and the, you know, it, this isn't some, you know, badass 20-year-old. This is an old man that has been chugging along at this just for his own reasons and then going doing it and, and maybe not going to live through it, not even by dying by the motorcycle, but by his own health problems and just showing weakness. You know, yeah, a lot of people do that. So and that was that's intriguing to me too to, to watch. Absolutely. Well, and it, and you're right because I think there is this kind of perception watching this film of like, oh, he can do anything. But it it is it's realistic to see him struggling. He has you know issues with his prostate, with his heart. Uh, he can't hear very well, <laughs> and you know yeah, people are yeah. <laughs> constantly well. <laughs> having to repeat themselves around him. Yeah. Which ends up being like kind of a running joke or like some kind of comedic element to the film. And it's it's so realistic and like refreshing in that, you know, we kind of, I think partway through the movie, I kind of forgot that this was based on a real story. And I was like, oh, this happy-go-lucky guy is going. And then it kind of snaps you back of like, right, this was a real person who had to go through yeah. things. So yeah, good. And then, he, and then he did it nine more times. Nine more times. Yeah. That's so, insane. And, you know, and, and just to see it, you know, I, I, how much do we give away of the film right now? Oh, I mean, all of it. If you didn't come oh, prepared okay. for class, what are you doing? Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. But just, you know, the ending and just seeing again where he's achieving it, everyone, yeah, you know, cool, you did it, you did it, all his naysayers, and then have him still crash and have that scary moment of, and knowing when he looks up at the sky at that very last not the very last scene, but the last part of his run. And you think, oh, that's what he's going to look like when he dies. Because he looked, and he looked, it's that look of joy where it didn't really matter whether he lived through that moment or not. Because you, you, you got it right yeah. there. I didn't care that he did it nine more times. I didn't even care that he made it home because I felt like I saw that in his eyes as that's the moment that's all you're trying for. Yeah. Is that moment of joy, you know, and completion and like what he says when he first gets to Bonneville where he talks about um, this being the biggest place, you know, he, he just wants to do something big and be bigger than the other jokers, you know, and that you could just see it on his face. Like, you know, he did it. 
Yeah. And, I mean, I don't know. I would hope that that's my goal too. Just, in, just to have that look <laughs> on my face that last moment, I'd be, I'd be pretty happy. Absolutely. Well, and I think you're right. I like, I go back and forth, like even just thinking about it today, I go back and forth whether I needed the extra scene of him coming home and like everybody, you know, being excited that he did it. Because on one I hand, don't it's, think I needed it. <laughs> right. Because on one hand, it's like, well, it, he had this, you know, crazy experience on this sacred ground, as he said, and, you know, yeah. he did it and he's looking at the sky and it's beautiful. And, but I think there's also something very fun about the fact that he goes back home and it's like business as always, because this is a yeah. real person and it didn't end after that. So like, I go back well, and yeah. forth. <laughs> yeah. For him, that was just, yeah, he did that, but it wasn't stopping there because the whole thing, the whole reason his heart ticked is because he has a drive, right? Yeah. The drive. For the rest of us, that might have been it. Okay, there, good, you did it. You can check it off your bucket list and move on to your next thing. And, and that, I mean, I guess that's what that last, the next scene of him going home means. Like you said, yeah, that, that wasn't it. That was that was a look, and that's what we can put that Hollywood moment into that. But yeah. that wasn't it for him. That was just like, <laughs> hey, cool. I'm gonna keep doing this, which I find fascinating. You know, absolutely. Well, and I mean, let me ask you. You know, kind of right off the bat, is there a part or a moment in this movie that you would say is your favorite? God, there's so many. I mean, that <laughs> moment, that moment was a big one. Um, but I think when he first arrived there. You know, all my life I wanted to do something big. Something bigger and better than all the other jokers. This is it, Bonneville. Now, this is the place where big things happen. Do you realize, Rusty, the fastest man has ever gone and land is here? Right here where we are now? Huh. Malcolm Campbell did he hear with uh, Bluebird. First guy to go over 300 mile an hour and then later his son Donald Campbell was here with Proudius. He crashed at 350 mile an hour and lifted tell the tile. Huh. John Cobb was here. First guy to go over 400 mile an hour. All the great attempts. George Easton with Thunderbolt and uh, Mickey Thompson with uh, Challenger. I'm telling you, Rusty, this place is holy ground, mate. Holy ground. And I made it here. Hey, standing in front of the sign and talking about that, you know, being the biggest place where the, you know, man has gone the fastest on land right there where you're standing. I mean, I gotta say when I went there and stood on that ground, I mean, that is a pretty magical moment. It feels yeah. bigger than big. And I, I got that, you know, and, and even I watched this film before I, like I said, had ever seen Bonneville or even knew that I would have a chance to go there. It was just a fantasy also. So to go there and then feel, understand the movie a bit more, I say that. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, even just you talking about it now, it gives me chills a little bit because he does have this like religious connection, it feels like almost to these salt flats of like, this is where yeah. people, you know, did it before me. And I don't need to necessarily be them, but I'm just happy to be here. Like, this is the dream. It's big. Yeah, it's bigger than all of us. You yeah. Know? And yeah, and to have a place that, like I said, it's not like the Olympics. It's not like, you know, this is just self-driven 
time travel, speed reading, you know, yeah. families go there. And, and now that I know a lot of people that are in the 200 mile an hour club like him, it, 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 it feels like a bit like church. I don't know if they describe it that way, but you know, it, it has a very uh, strong pull. Really? <laughs> the least. Yeah. <laughs> it just, they just keep it. And my friends do it for the same reason. They go and every week they tinker away at their, whatever vehicle they're on, in or on. And then they go and try again and it breaks down and try again. You know, it's just ongoing. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. That's so I'm interesting. I'm sure all of them have seen this movie. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. But yeah, it's just that drive, you know, a need for speed. Yeah. And it's, it's addictive for sure. And you can feel it in the movie. Absolutely. Well, and it's, it's interesting. I think that kind of contradiction between this need for speed, but also the fact that he is an older gentleman. He's like 63 or something like that. And so he yeah. does move at a slower pace until he's on that bike. <laughs> yeah, that's what I found really interesting too. Just and, and everything's a little behind the times. I mean, for one, he's coming from New Zealand or just, you know, try, just paying in the taxi, you know, trying yeah. to pay and how slow that is. And yeah, it's, it, that's a really good point because he's definitely not in his daily life working at the pace of what he's trying to achieve. Yeah. Well, and then on top of that, you have, he is a little behind in the times in, in all aspects of this because the car he gets is old and the, the motorcycle itself was from like 1920s, I think they say. Yeah. And 1920s, like, yeah. shouldn't even really run or be allowed in the competition. <laughs> Yeah, and, and yeah, yeah, and, and, yeah. It doesn't. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's it's interesting, and he doesn't even, you know, even when they say you don't even have brakes, you know, and he's yeah. just like, I'm not planning on stopping. <laughs> and then that is already again like just such a contradiction to how he's dealing with his life, except for it's not a contradiction when it's you know when you relate it to how he doesn't stop racing ever, yeah. you know, running over and over and over again. So. Amazing. Just like, and I mean, maybe it also has to do with Anthony Hopkins, like how he portrays this character, because he's just, he's just likable. Like from the first second he's on screen, you just like him and he's charismatic and he's fun to be around. And I think that's why he has kind of a luck. Cause I feel like with every character that came into this movie, I was like, this is going to be the one who's going to be mean to him and like steal from him or something. And almost all yeah. of them end up helping him in some way or another, which is also really endearing of like, Oh my gosh, there's goodness in the world. <laughs> I know. I know. It's kind of, and watching it during this time, it did definitely kind of, uh, it was a nice bright movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it kind of gets you out of, out of the world problems. I mean, but then they do pull in, you know, like the soldier, the you know, the um, the kid that gets in the car with him, that's yeah. in Vietnam. You know, and that there's definitely you know tie-ins to really heavy world issues at the same time as yeah. you know narrowing it down to this very small little world he's living in, trying to you know run this bike as fast as he can. And I thought that was a really good part of the movie i liked that that was all that there was real life events happening at the same time that would you know but he's still related to all those events in the same manner you know it, yeah <laughs> you know and yeah it, it, those were that was really some good points in the, in the film i thought too yeah and it, i just i don't know by the end of this film i was just like oh 
I just feel good. Like, I just feel like I'm in a good place. Like, it's just kind of a, just a happy, like, uplifting movie of, like, just keep working towards it. Like, the dream, even if it's, like, crazy or feels unattainable, like, he did it. Like, you can do it, too. (laughs) Yeah, definitely uplifting, right? Yeah. Even even with all the down moments, and you think, oh, that poor guy. God, this guy's giving him such a hard time. Oh, we all fell off. And oh, this guy's challenging. (laughs) And then laughing at him and this and that. And, you know, it just rolls off him. Yeah. I mean, you know, if we could only all be like that or have those days, it'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> Especially with everything that's going on right now. So. Oh, my gosh. I know. I mean, and it's, it's so, I just, oh, <laughs> it's just so fun and, and, and joyful, I think. And. The fact that he finds, you know, he has like a small community in Invercargill that, you know, embraces him and like his neighbors find him annoying, but that's fine. And like he has his own little home. And then he kind of gets this wake up call with like a small heart attack kind of thing Uh and kind of makes that decision. It's like a flip switch of like, well, I have to do this now or I'm not going to do it. And it's really important. And then he ends up finding this, this other kind of small community, not small, but, you know, kind of community of people who also embrace him of like, oh yeah, like he's that guy and they pull money for him. And it's like, so joyful and sweet. I just can't. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's very heartwarming for sure. Yeah. And it does, it does make you have hope for humanity. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) But I love, I love his quote too, where he says, if you don't go when you want to go, when you do go, you'll find yourself gone. Yeah. And I thought that was really, really telling. And especially with, you know, what we've been going through with the pandemic and things and things we've learned through isolation and, um, you know, slowing things down, baking bread, you know, like, you know, yeah. I'm just going to simplify it into baking a loaf of sourdough, you know, <laughs> but just the things that we did or that we, you know, it's, he's showing that he's doing it every day. You know, he's isolated in his, his shack, his barn, his garage, whatever. And, and he's doing that by choice. And like you said, he's slowing, he is slow. It's slowing down. And in order to achieve this dream, and it's like it's a it's pretty spiritual, really. I yeah. think it's like a spiritual journey, you know. Yeah, I'd say I mean, so. He, you know, he manifests this this dream, and uh, you know, follows it through. And I think, I mean, that's where I feel like you could watch this movie. You don't need to be a motorcycle rider. You don't need to be a speed junkie. You know, you don't. And speed, I mean, as in yeah. miles per hour. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, even like I was saying, like I, I can appreciate a motorcycle, but I don't really know anything about, you know, the culture, the community or bikes themselves. (laughs) I I have terrible balance. So (laughs) it's not something on my to-do list at the moment. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I found myself, you know, rooting for him and, and, and also finding it fascinating, even him talking about the mechanics of you know, oh, he's here and now he wants to tweak a couple more things. And even those aspects, I'm like, oh, how is he going to do that? There's science involved now. Like, 
Yeah. Well, and he, yeah, he, he, he proves once again that there's ways to do it without getting so tricky. You know, he's using a, a cork as his gas, you know, <laughs> gas seal. And, and he's, you know, he's using alternative me- methods yeah. to make things work and keep it light. You want it light, you know, you don't want it super heavy. And he's got all these ideas and he's like a mad scientist, you know, he's yeah. just tinkering away. And I've always, I've always found that fascinating. My, my friend's dad, when I was growing up, was always in the garage inventing things, you know, on a daily. And, uh, I just, I, I love that. I think that that's just, you know, it's like the unsung heroes, you know, the people that we don't, we maybe might never know about, but they're out there, you yeah. know, and like when people find those barn finds where they find some old motorcycles been in some old man's or old woman's barn for, you know, 60 years or something. And <laughs> we just went to the story behind it and that, you know, it, that it's not everything is broadcasted across social media and, and movies, you know, but yeah. for this director or writer to go find Bert, I mean, I guess he did a documentary before this about Bert and then did this film. Gotcha. So he actually, he was from New Zealand and he went out there and he, he met Bert. And I think he became so fascinated by the story that that's why he came back and then, you know, made the film. Right. So I found that really interesting too. Yeah. He actually knew, he <laughs> did know about him. He knew a lot about him. And I haven't seen the documentary, but I would love to. Yeah. Oh, now I got to look that up and watch that because I yeah, bet that's yeah. really great. <laughs> yeah, and I would love to tell you the name of it, but I don't know. I'm not sure what the name of it is. It's a, it's a catchy name, and I can't remember, but yeah, it's easy to look up. That's so fun. And I mean, what, how, how fun that is in terms of like, he loved this story so much that not only did he do a full documentary about it, but then he went back and he wrote a screenplay of the story to get it out to even more people. Yep. Ooh. It was that, that big of a story. Yep. <laughs> yeah. And I, I love it. And I mean, I can think of a lot of stories I'd like to do the same thing about. <laughs> I but love yeah, that. It's a, it, yeah. It's really great. Yeah. Well, let me ask you, you know, because I feel like a big theme in this film is like working towards your dreams. Have you or do you have like a big dream that you're looking to accomplish in your life? Yes. Funny you should ask. <laughs> that's a very funny question because I think that's why it's so fun for me to watch this movie again. Um, I just I just achieved part of a dream just and I just got back two weeks ago. Um, I have been trying to document something for three years or more. Um, and I, I just got back from driving 5,000 miles and 30, 60 days with uh, documenting some daredevils. Uh, motorcyclist. Wow. And living in my van with my two dogs. And, you know, they kind of adopted me. I, I was going out for a week, I thought. I thought it would take me a week to get out there, maybe a week or two to document them or work with them, and then a week to get home. And I traveled 800 miles with them, 32 days, and three states. Wow. So, and that, yeah. So, um, focusing on a, a woman that I know that's daredevil in training, and then also documenting everyone that she's with. Um, so I'm pretty excited about that. So it'll probably be a couple of years in, to get it finished, but um, I'm super excited. So yeah, that is the dream, was my dream, and is actually happening. So Amazing. Yeah, one thing during COVID that I realized I needed to finish, start and, and get a story going that I want to tell the full tale and not just little snippets. Um, cause a lot of times I go and I'm photographing events and things that are happening and 
the, you know, adventure things and not telling a full story from beginning to end. So, or not end, but, you know, beginning to a certain <laughs> point. I don't want to say end. Right. Uh, so, yeah, so I'm pretty super excited about it. Me, so well, that's I another mean, reason it's fun to watch this film because it, it all correlates. So, yes. Well, I mean, congratulations, you know, first and foremost. That's very (laughs) exciting. I cannot wait to see that. That's going to be so cool. I'm pretty excited about it. So uh, I'll go back in February to continue again. But uh, yeah, so it's it's exciting. And it was really, I learned a lot. And it it does, you know, there's a lot of Burt Monroe's out there (laughs) (laughs) that I'm learning and learning. So um, yeah, they're out there. Amazing. Find them. Amazing. I love that. I'm so excited for you. That's so unbelievably exciting, especially, I mean, for me, you know, I'm always trying to think about like, what is my dream? What is the thing that, you know, I want to do that will make me happy? So to hear you talking about it and living it, that's so exciting. (laughs) So exciting to me. Yeah, I feel pretty excited too. It's, uh, yeah, it's been a long time coming. So I uh, I didn't think I was actually going to pull it off, but it's kind of the same quote that he said. You know, if I didn't do it now and during COVID, you know, if you're not being thrown a bigger opportunity to go take a break and go, you know, try to focus on something that maybe wasn't your path six months ago. Yeah. Now is the time. That's how I took it. <laughs> and I ran with it. But uh, yeah, it was surprising, but it was definitely a, a life changer. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that's so exciting. And I mean, let me also ask you, you know, how, you know, COVID has kind of helped you achieve this, you know, start to your dream. Was there, you know, what other aspects of COVID, you know, has kind of shaped how you're doing what you're doing now? Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, it does make sense. I mean, we've all had our challenges through COVID, right? We have all had it in um, different levels, different aspects, you know, every- <laughs> everyone felt it differently. Um, everyone had, you know, different ways to deal with it, different challenges that came with it. Um, for me, definitely slowed things down. Um, you know, for me, I mean, I, I work events, I go to places and I document people at these large events or, you know, definitely more than a few people. So that all got shut down and telling people stories when you can't get two people, was yeah. extremely challenging. So, you know, I did need a lot of patience. Uh, definitely a struggle, you know, um, just to go from, I was having my best year photographically. Um, and then just within a couple of years, a couple of months, it just, you know, shut down. Like, yeah. I feel like there's two clubs, two clubs going on here, two, two camps, you know, we've got people that are overworked, exhausted, have been working this whole time through with, less employees with them and so they're overworked and then there's this other side which I'm in of work just went away and you know we're having to readjust so I I think really the biggest thing I learned was just exactly what I was just talking about I just felt the need to focus on something and and follow it to completion and really you know get outside myself and tell someone's story for real, go dig a little deeper and learn some new things. And, um, you know, I just kind of, I, it wasn't really a traveling time. So I ha- had to be patient and wait till I, the door opened because the door shut right. <laughs> times during that three years, <laughs> and, you know, while I was trying to make this plan and it was like, shut door, shut door, shut door. Like we were all feeling. So the minute I got a little crack, I, you know, went for it. And, you know, was it, I still don't feel comfortable traveling. I mean, it's, challenging time right now too so you know just a bunch of confusion yeah 
Yeah. That's how I feel. Like that's the word I've come up with. It's like this confusing time. No, absolutely. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, if that, if that explains it at all, that's, that's pretty much where I've come out the other side. Oh, absolutely. I mean, and it's so interesting, you know, watching films now that, you know, I feel like COVID has kind of become like a staple in life now. Like, <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm, unfortunately. I'm, yeah. I'm just like so used to the way COVID is in our, you know, society mm-hmm. now yeah. that like even yeah. watching a film like this, where like he travels from New Zealand to America and then drives like, you know, pseudo cross country to Utah. And in my mind, I'm like, wow. I haven't been able to do something like that in like three years. <laughs> What's yeah. that like? I don't remember. <laughs> well, the weird thing is, is that I did that drive from LA to Bonneville during COVID. Oh, wow. How was that? I went to Speed Week. <laughs> right. <laughs> the they op- I know. The minute they opened Speed Week, I just went and I was very nervous. I stayed very far. You know, we had to really think of how to do it. It was unnerving, you know, um, and but it's outdoors and masks very masked yeah and you know we just kept our distance and I was photographing so I can I can work photographically and and stay awake you know keep my distance from people if I need to mm-hmm. um but that that blew me away watching this film again <laughs> and thinking that's what I did and that was my first time going so it was this you know went from complete isolation but then you're going to this area that's so big you still feel very right. you still feel a little isolated you're you know you're just a little speck on this huge uh salt flat but um <laughs> Yeah, crazy, right? I mean, that's yeah, weird that that was the time in all the time of my life that I I finally got together to go. You know, yeah, like I said, confusing. <laughs> <laughs> well, and so when you went to Speed Week, was it this past year? Or was it twenty twenty? Twenty twenty. Twenty twenty. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, crazy, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I mean, just going to Florida in my mind was like a stretch. I was like, oh, I don't know. (laughs) Well, and that's where I just drove to. I know that's where I just got back from. And it's very, um, yeah, it's very different because I travel for work. That's what I do, but it's on a plane. And I rarely, you know, I have a van that I can sleep in. You know, I travel in it all the time and I'm a surfer. So, you know, that is normal to me. But when I work, I get on a plane and I have not been doing that. I've got on one plane. Two planes. And it's three planes. Sorry. <laughs> How many planes <laughs> is it? Three planes. Okay, but three in a long time in many years. That's a, that's very weird for me. So I think what it's I think another answer to your question is that it's gotten me rooted again, you know, rooted at home mm. and rooted on my own, you know, on our own territory on you know, trying to explore the United States more. And we've got so much to offer here. Um, and I just realized more than ever how much there is to see and explore and do right here. You know, so yeah. that's been a, that's been a great discovery. Not that I already know that, but I'm, <laughs> I really don't want to get on a plane. I just want to keep going. I would keep on keep traveling around the state for sure. Awesome. I mean, it's so interesting that you say that because one of the notes that I wrote down was like, "I've never wanted to go to Utah. This makes or Utah. <laughs> this makes me want to go to yeah. Utah." Like. <laughs> It made me want to go to Utah. Exactly. And it's a pull. And it's, I mean, I recommend going. It's really otherworldly. Yeah. It's not something you've ever seen before. I can pretty much guarantee. It's so special. Yeah. Well, and it definitely, it gives that feeling even through the film of like, I think, I think there's this thing that we as Americans do where we forget how beautiful (laughs) 
some of America, like a lot of America can be. And so we get so caught up in like the big places, you know, you go to LA, you go to New York, you you know, all those like huge cities. And then we forget about all of like the lesser traveled roads, like, you know, going on route 66 is, you know, desert and beautiful sunsets and all that kind of stuff. And it's like, never in my life have I thought about going to Utah until this moment right here. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I think that's something from COVID too. I just felt this real desire to see open land. Mm. I just wanted to see openness. Yeah. And I wanted to be able to breathe and just see land in front of me. And it was such a pull. I could, I mean, beyond any other time in my life. And it, and it hasn't stopped. It just, I just needed air. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really badly. I just wanted air. Yeah. So, uh, and open, openness. And, you know, it's been very healing. Good. Well, yeah. that's very exciting that it was so healing for you. I'm so excited for you. Like, I can't get over it. <laughs> it's been exciting. I feel as excited as Bert right now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and so then let me ask, because I know before we started recording, you had said that you had taken some of your own notes, which I love. And so I'm so curious as to what, you know, what were the things that you wanted to, you know, keep in your mind? Let's see. I kind of, I wrote down a few of the quotes. He just had so many one-liners. He had some great <laughs> quotes. Um, and uh, let's see what I, let's see what the first thing was. Also, well, the funny thing that I found interesting is he was racing or riding, um, doing his run on an Indian, right? And a 1920s Indian. And the, one of the people that I was documenting was also on that same Indian. Yeah. Really? <laughs> same, yeah, 1920s. <laughs> so I, it was just really hitting close to home. You know, yeah. I found that super interesting. Um, and just like, I love the idea that it was, salt fever you know you get you get salt fever it's not just bean fever it's salt fever um and then some of the quotes i just said to you you know like you know when they said he had no break he wasn't planning on stopping yeah i'm planning on going i thought that there's just a lot of real good uh you know like feels like spiritual quotes you know it's like you know the reward is in the doing it not in you know not in anything else that was all the reward and you know wasn't scared to crash um Oh, and this is one I really loved, um, that you live more than five minutes on a bike like this going flat out than some people live in a lifetime. What's that one? Yeah, that's a girlfriend of mine. When I first bought the bike, a long time ago, there was... Yeah. Aren't you scared you'll kill yourself if you crash? No. No, you, uh, you live more than five minutes on a bike like this going flat out than some people live in a lifetime. And, uh, yeah, more in five minutes. That's my dad there. And my mum. They're all gone. Oh, it's gone by so fast. Now, danger is the spice of life, and if you, you've got to take a risk now and again, haven't you, son? Yeah, that's what uh, makes life worthwhile. And, uh, you know, having some nice ladies around can be a big help, mind you. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that is so important to remember. Um, 
And then, you know, if you don't follow your dreams, you might as well be a vegetable. Oh, that was good. And then he said, yeah, which vegetable, cabbage of all things? Or, you know, just, all of these lines were just, to me, just awesome. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, cutting, a, I, I just wrote down some notes of just, you know, cutting the treads off your tire with a carving knife, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I just, um, and then, you know, with meeting Tina. Tina expressing that she's not a girl, she's a boy. Yeah. And then him saying, well, you're still a sweetheart. And then, and then she's still saying that she's a woman. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of underlying really important statements and uh, interesting, you know, from a, from a very uh, sheltered man, which when I, you know, feel he feels very sheltered. Oh, absolutely. To show up and have this openness and open heart and understanding to all these different walks of life that he meets. An Indian, Tina, the soldier, you know, all these women, you know, he's definitely, you know, heartthrob. <laughs> yeah, he's a ladies' um, man you know, for I sure. Just, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I thought that way, I just really love that. And I just hope I could live like that, you know. And when I have just come back from these travels and all the people that I met and how many people opened their homes to me, not as a total stranger, blew my mind, yeah. you know, especially coming out of or still in a pandemic and as everybody being worried and being kind of closed off from each other. Um, this is a good movie to kind of remember, remind us that you yeah. don't, it doesn't have to be that way. You know, yeah. it's rather childlike. I wrote that down too, you know, open eyed kind of childlike. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And then what else did I say? Let's see what else I put down. Um, <laughs> Oh, that his personal challenge was just making an old bike go faster. That was yeah. it. <laughs> and somebody that I'm documenting right now was telling me, I thought that she was an adrenaline junkie. And she made a point of saying, no, 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 I'm not an adrenaline junkie. I don't want history to die. I'm just coming into this because this is something that's been going on since 1915. I'm worried it's going to die. So I'm here to keep it going. Aww. I thought, that's interesting. So it reminded me of him too. You know, it's, you know, he's keeping this old bike going and he's making it better and better and better. And yeah. that's all it is to him and to, and to go fast. You see how fast that little lady will go. You know, I love that he calls it a girl too. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, just little quotes here and there. I just, uh, you know, I could, I could watch this movie over and over and over again. And I think I would still be able to pull out little gems that he says. <laughs> no, absolutely. Oh, I know the other, I one other thing that I loved, just that he, you know, he, he doesn't want attention. You know, he lies about being sick. He doesn't, it's like, he just wants his bike to go faster and he wants to go fast, but he doesn't necessarily want to be the king of Bonneville. You know, he's yeah. not trying to be a superstar. He's not trying to be, you know, um, draw any attention. He just wants to go under the radar and just go get it done. Yeah. And if they would have left him alone, he just would have, he thought that that's all that it was. He could just go do his own thing and, you know, lead by his own, you know, walk his own path yeah, and do his dream, right? And everyone just kept trying to mess with it. <laughs> <laughs> and just all the rules and regulations, it just, it made all the rules and all of our uptightness seem rather silly. Yeah. And I mean, you make a great point of like, he didn't want the the fame of it all. He just wanted to see how fast he could get his bike. He just wanted to get timed to see. Yeah where he was and because, go to the official place yeah. yes the official place and then on top of it to have like the right 
ground because he even says like, you know, oh, the salt, you know, it's it's hard, unlike the sand from the beach. And it's yeah. like, that's right. He can't go as fast because he's on the beach in New Zealand. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, and you saw that beach. Yeah, it's like, that's not going to, you're not going to be going super fast there. But um, yeah. I think mean, he was. But yeah, so it had to be, he's trying to get to the perfect conditions in the perfect place with the actual time. Yeah. And just give it, he's basically giving this old girl, as he calls her, you know, <laughs> this old girl a chance to do its best. Right. Yeah. In the best circumstances and building it to the best it can be. So that's more another little life lesson. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, there's a bunch of them in there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's so interesting, too, to think this film took place in like the 60s and 67. Yeah. yeah. 67. And Bert is a pretty progressive old guy. I mean, He's like an environmentalist, per se, like everything is reusable. He has chickens like he instead of using, you know, new water for tea, he's using the same water that he's cooling metal down with. So everything yeah, tastes yeah. metallic. Yeah. And then on top of it, he, you know, he doesn't care what Tina's situation is. She's a sweetheart and she's a darling and that's all that matters. And, she, yep. you know, every person who comes along his path, he just like treats with respect and understanding. That is, that's the perfect adjective. Respect. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It's like that is probably what the, you know, I, what I'd want to take away from it. That's what it is. Respect for all the different walks of life that he comes, you know, crosses his path. Right? Yeah. So wonderful. I mean, yeah, it really is. By the time it was over, I was like, oh, there is goodness in this world. I had forgotten for a brief moment in time. <laughs> no, exactly. I do enjoy a film that reminds me that, you know, I enjoy yeah. books like that. I enjoy film and it's just, because there's lots of lessons in there. It's not just being, you know, um, I don't feel like it's being shoved down, you know, shoved at you. It's just very nicely paced. It felt like, you know, it felt similar to a documentary. You know, it felt like we were just really seeing inside of him. Yeah. Maybe that's because the writer had also done a documentary, you know, and so there was definitely some real uh, close, yeah. uh, I don't closeness to it, I guess. Yeah. I don't know how to describe what I'm trying to say. Well, everything still felt realistic while also having that, like, not Hollywoodness about it. Like, it is definitely a narrative film, right? But it's yeah, also yeah. very realistic in how it, like, portrays everything. Like, there aren't a lot of, like, you know, specialty shots, I guess is how I'll say it. It's it's very direct in, like, this is a man who is about getting that bike to go faster and he's going to get there and do it. And, like, that, that yeah. is that. <laughs> Yeah, that is going to happen no matter what. Yeah. <laughs> and no sure. one's going to get in his way. Yeah, definitely driven <laughs> for real. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and I think the film was just, you know, there wasn't a lot of bells and whistles. There wasn't a lot of um, spectacular, you know, there wasn't, we didn't, we didn't need to see blood and, and you know, chaos and all this stuff. It's, just, it's a very simple story yeah. in a way, I think. It's a bit, you know, it's, and, but very emotional and powerful at the same time, which tells you something about Anthony Hopkins acting. Oh, 100%. Sure. Yeah, yeah. That's that's what I enjoyed the most, is this, that he could take a simple story like this, a very powerful one, and put that much, show that much information through it Yeah, that can keep you discussing like we're discussing right now. There's so many <laughs> other layers, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. But so many, there's so many layers to it. Yeah. In a very um, 
told in a very simple story, you know? Yeah. And I, it is interesting because I, I was just complaining about how another movie that I had just watched recently had kind of thrown in like tidbits of information without really following up on them. And mm. I feel like it could have been so easy to do that in this film because he does mention his, you know, twin brother who died and, you know, other people in his life and like other small tidbits of information. But it never feels tedious. It always feels yeah. like there's a purpose in everything that Bert is saying to whoever he's saying it to. Yeah, it's not overdone or yeah. over-dramatized. That was a really interesting moment, I thought, of him talking about his brother that died because I thought... Yeah, you know, the, the topic came up because Tom asked him if he was afraid. Mm. And then he talks about this really scary thing that happened. To yeah. me, it would have put a lot of fear in my life because I would have seen somebody die a tragic death through an accident. And here's this man trying to go faster than anything on a, you know this bike and not feeling fear, just feeling butterflies. What did he say? Uh, so many butterflies, if they were cows, would be... Oh, yeah. He could open a dairy yeah. farm. He could open a dairy farm. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I thought, that is the opposite of what I would have felt yeah. having my twin brother die like that. Um, and they could have over-dramatized that. That could have been a really, you know, it could have been done in a different way. I really appreciate the way that they did it. But I, it made me think for a minute, like, that's such an interesting take on a, on your brother dying. Yeah. So, that was well, and not only that, you know, your brother dies in this, you know, really horrific way, but it's your twin brother who, like, yes. is, you know, known of twins. It's like you're very close to, <laughs> they're very close to yeah, each other. Like a part of you. Yeah. 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 And and he's pushing the envelope with his own life and, you know, skirting death all the time. Yeah. And his brother was, he wasn't trying to, you know, he wasn't living large or anything. He was just doing some work or being involved in some work that was being done. And yeah, that would have put some serious fear into me. Yeah. And the fact that even that isn't enough to stop the drive that he feels absolutely incredible. I mean, yeah, I found that really fascinating. Yeah. Fascinating. I mean, good for him being that well adjusted that he was like, I'm going to do the thing that I'm going to (laughs) do. But he didn't even say it like he wanted to do it to like show. Yeah, it wasn't because you know there's another take another way he could have handled it where, oh well, my die my twin brother died this tragic death, so I'm out to prove that there is no fear and I can do this right. and I won't you know and and it wasn't that it was it was so much different than that I yeah that it still kind of blows my mind. It's very interesting. Yeah, so beautiful. Yeah. And I mean, I I know we're getting kind of, you know, close-ish to the end of our time together. And so is there anything else that we want to kind of mention about this movie? Because I feel like we've really touched on a lot of the really big moments in this movie and like a lot of the revelations that it gives us. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else (laughs) that we could pull from our brains that also, you know, touches on those things? Yeah, I'm trying to think. I I guess just, I mean, I'm still fascinated by it. I mean, we did already touch on it a bit, but just that he went back nine times. Nine times! <laughs> yeah, and, and during watching the film, too, I just kept wondering, is Tom going to race? Is Tom going to run? Is Tom going to be a motorcyclist? Is Tom, you know. Yeah. I, I would like to look up to find out what happened to Tom. 
<laughs> because I thought that was so interesting how patient he was with him and how he was teaching him so much. And, you know, obviously his Tom's father did not have the same, you know, <laughs> obvious love for Bert as Tom did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that dynamic was interesting too. You know, it was just this, you know, teaching this kid next door, you know, subtly teaching him your ways, your you know, secrets that you've got in your barn. And, you know, and, and Tom was his biggest fan, you know, yeah. and so that was interesting too. I do love that dynamic. And I, I love that right before Bert leaves, Tom's like, well, my dad says that nobody thinks you can do it, but I think you can do it. And like, you can see yeah. he gets a little discouraged for a second, but Tom thinks he can do it. So he's like, that's enough for him to be like, well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I can do it. Yeah. I know. Cause you know, that's, you know, the doubts that someone feels, you, you know, you have to have doubts, but they don't, you know, he doesn't show a lot of doubts. Except that one moment, I'm glad you brought that up because that was a, a moment where I was like, oh, yeah, he is. He does. He is human. He has you're doubted right. a little bit, you know. <laughs> um, and I thought that, well, yeah, you're right. That was a good moment. Yeah, that was a really special moment, and that said a lot. That told a lot. Yeah, that was a lot of information right there. Absolutely, and it's true. It it does kind of tell the audience, like, yeah, this is a real person who, like maybe on the outside was saying all the right things, but on the inside, he also had his doubts and like was driven, yeah. but nervous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that's why I thought that conversation about the fear was so interesting. Because, yeah. You know, yeah. Nervous, not fear. Right. That's an <sighs> interesting. Yeah. I, <laughs> I thought the two would go together. Absolutely. I don't really see those two separately, but I guess, it, that was a good point. That's a good something, something to think about. Separating yeah. the two. Yeah. <laughs> so good. <laughs> <laughs> and so elegant in, I think one of the beautiful things about this movie is that it's so minute in some of its details that if you're not paying attention, some of them kind of go by. Like that brief flicker of doubt in his eyes that like, oh, nobody thinks I can do it. Yeah. And then that moment where he's lying in the, in the salt yes. at the end too, you know? Yeah. There's just, I could watch it. I, I mean, I've seen it quite a few times, but I could keep <laughs> watching it because I think there is like we were saying earlier, just a lot of gems in there. Absolutely. So elegantly done. Lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, I mean. It's a special place, special guy talking about a special place. Yes. So, so good. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I'm glad you liked it. I, yes, I'm, I loved it. It was so elegant and, and lovely and so uplifting to watch. And especially now that we're like getting into the holiday season, it was like, I can do anything. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I think we all need a little more of those thoughts these days. Yeah. For sure. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, a little more uplifting information coming in our brains instead of all the negativity. Yes. yes. <laughs> this is a good one for that, for sure. Yeah. Yes, for sure. I would recommend it. Yes. An uplifting and definitely an uplifting movie. Yes. Well, I mean, I can't thank you enough for, for coming on to the show and for recommending this great movie, which I, re- I really, really enjoyed. And I mean, where can people find you? Like, are you on the socials or like... I, yes, I am on the social. Um, I am on Instagram. Um, and that is, and I also have a website. Um, and Instagram is just my name, mm-hmm. Heidi Zumbrun. Um, and then I have my website is HeidiZumbrun.com. 
um, yeah, and I have my work on there. I'd love to hear from anybody. <laughs> <laughs> Reach out. Say hi. Yes. Um, yeah. So I do be, because I do travel a lot. I, I end up using a lot of, you know, using social media as a platform for sure. Um, it's a great way for me to get a chance to get my stories out. Absolutely. Directly from me. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I'm so excited for this new project that you're working on and on yeah. the horizon. <laughs> it's going to be so awesome. <laughs> yes. I can't wait to share. I have not shared much. It's kind of in the, you know, in the secret stages at the moment, but it'll be coming out soon. Ooh, that's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Of course. Well, of course, we'll be tagging you in our socials if, you know, you know, people need to see this work. It's so beautiful. And and it has that kind of like rough punk while re- being really beautifully like executed energy. I was digging it for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I always like a story about the underdog. Love it. Love that. <laughs> well, I'm a fan of underdogs. I am too. I love that. And I mean, Heidi, again, thank you so, so much for coming on the show. This has been absolutely wonderful. Thank you for having me. Of course. And you're welcome back anytime. Maybe once your secret project is all finished, we'll come back and we will talk about it. I'll come back. I'll tell you all about it. I'd be happy to. Thanks. I would love that. (laughs) Well, it's really nice to meet you. And thank you so much. I'm really grateful to be on. Thank you so, so much. Another huge thank you to Heidi Zumbrin for coming on the show and talking about one of her favorite films, The World's Fastest Indian. I can't get over how much I enjoyed this movie. It was so uplifting. It was just what I needed now that the colder weather is starting and the holidays are upon us. And also just in general with the millennial mindset of Will I ever achieve that dream? Is it too much to ask for to also be able to dream on top of every other thing that I'm asking for in life? And this movie says yes. This movie says it doesn't matter, you know, what's going on, your age, your gender, you know, anything else that could possibly be stopping you. It says keep reaching for it. Keep going for it. And 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 being able to fulfill that is going to mean everything. So, you know, keep that in mind as we're going into the new year that, you know, we could we could embody a little bit more of Burt Monroe in our day-to-day lives. And of course, since it is the end of the episode, you know what time it is. It's time to talk about your options, what to do from here, all of those good things in life. Uh, if you liked this episode and you want more, uh, well, this is the end of season three. So we have three seasons and a summer session that you can listen through if you haven't already. You got to catch up before the new year comes and we start pumping out more content. Uh, Additionally, if you aren't already, make sure that you rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Uh, It helps us out a lot and I love hearing what you guys have to say and are thinking, all of those good things. It's a win-win for everybody. Then you can also follow us on our social media pages. We do have an Instagram page at Scopophilia underscore podcast and also a TikTok page at Scopophilia the podcast where I am posting updates and any fun things and also some silly TikToks when I have the motivation and the time. Um, I'm bad at TikTok. I will say that on, on the air. I am bad at TikTok. It has never made me feel older but I like doing it every now and then. (laughs) 
And then lastly, we do have merchandise. Uh, it The link is in our bio on Instagram, or you can go to ncpodcasts.com slash scobophilia. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, well, Becky, you know, what could you possibly have in terms of merchandise for this podcast? And let me tell you, we have hats, we have tote bags, and we have t-shirts all with our name and logo on them. They are extremely good quality, quality. <laughs> They're extremely great quality. Uh, I wear my t-shirt and my hat almost on a semi-daily basis to the grocery store. And I know you were wondering, and the answer is yes, they make great stocking stuffers for your friends. Or even afterwards, like if you're just seeing your friends for the first time this, you know, holiday season, if you're going home or whatever from school, you can be like, I just found this really incredible podcast and like you should be listening to it. And then your friends will be like, oh my gosh, what is it? And then you can say, it's called Scopophilia and it's like amazing. Do you want a t-shirt? And you, your friends will be like, oh my gosh, yes. And I will be like, oh my gosh, yes. Let's keep it going because I want you to continue to tell your friends and your family and your family of friends and your friends of family about the show because we love that here. We love keeping this conversation going. And that's a wrap on season three. I mean, I can't. uh, (laughs) It's kind of surreal that we're here uh, and we're just getting started. We're not stopping. We're not slowing down. We are going to take like maybe a week off and then we're going (laughs) to we're going to get back into it here on the production side of things. But until then, as always, I'm your host, Becky Teller, leading the millennial movie movement here on Scopophilia. And I'll see you all next season. Happy holidays.